Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Tom blog. I'm sitting here in beautiful Newport Beach, California, where even in February, we are getting some great weather. So happy to be here and happy to be here with you. Today, I'm going to be talking about the article, Are You Covered? This is an article about life insurance. And this is a topic I've personally written about on Thoughts on Money multiple times. But in these last few weeks, I've had, I think, five, six, maybe seven conversations with people about life insurance. And I'm seeing this common theme that a lot of the time people have too much insurance, not the right insurance, and they don't have a really clear understanding of why they're buying insurance. So I thought this is a great opportunity to write another article on Thoughts on Money and try to make it succinct and kind of to the point of what I'm talking about. So one of the things I talk about in the article is there are a lot of different types of life insurance products, and these products are created for very like nuanced solutions. So you might build an insurance plan or life insurance um, solution for specifically estate planning, or if there's key man risk in a business or something of that nature. That's not what we're going to be talking about today. I'm talking about probably what I would title as the most vanilla, basic life insurance, which is term insurance. And this is usually something that most investors, most savers are going to need at some time in their life. So where I wanted to start out is the problem that most people have is they don't have a clear understanding of why exactly they're buying life insurance. So let's just really oversimplify it. When you go out and you buy car insurance, why are you buying car insurance? Well, there's a chance, and you hope this never happens, but that you'd get in a car accident. And if you did, there'd be a cost to fix your car, there might be medical bills, um, you might be at fault, so there might be some sort of liability uh, for the other person that you, you, you owe to. So all of those things are low probability events, something that you'd hope would never happen, but you want to have some sort of financial coverage to make up for that if that was to happen, right? So we buy car insurance. And I think that truth definitely applies to medical insurance, Right? Our hope is that we go to the doctor for our annual or normal visits, but we really don't want to go in for surgery or we don't want to get some sort of medication. But if it does happen, we want to make sure that we have the financial coverage to make up for one of those things. So if we're really looking at life insurance and we sum it up, it's, hey, we're insuring against this low probability event that we hope never happens and making sure that we have some sort of financial coverage. It's, it's a risk management tool. So now let's think about life insurance. We know for car insurance, it's for accidents. For medical insurance, it's for our health, right? So what's life insurance for? What you're really insuring is the risk of somebody, a loss of income. And that's a weird way to put it. So let's describe it a little bit. Let's make up a, a, a fictitious family. You got mom, dad, two kids. Let's say the kids are under 18. Well, let's say one of those people, let's say the mom or the dad, is the breadwinner in the family, and they have income that they earn every year, and that income, obviously, is used to cover all the expenses for the family. Everything from food to car payments to house payments to all those living expenses uh, that we have to cover. Well, what if something was to happen to that breadwinner? What if uh, some unfortunate event, that proverbial bus kind of flies by, they get hit by a car, and they're not with us tomorrow? What happens? Well, that income that they earn from their employment disappears. So when we buy life insurance, we're insuring against that risk that somebody would lose income and we want to get a lump sum uh, financial relief of a payment from a death benefit to cover that loss of income. 
and I know that that might be hard to understand, but I really want you to slow down and think about it, is that when we buy life insurance, we're really buying it to insure against this chance of loss of income. Why that's so important is that if you understand that that's the thing that's important, you'll understand the right insurance that fits you best. What I've the theme I've, I've had in a lot of these conversations about life insurance, and like I said, is that people bought the wrong type of insurance. And kind of the fork in the road that, that's pretty common is this difference between term insurance and whole life insurance. I want to say one disclaimer before I start talking about this. I do believe that there are some situations where it could be appropriate to buy whole life insurance. I just don't think it's the majority of situations. I think a lot of people I talked to were sold whole life insurance because it's a high commission product and it's something that's pitched very often. But it is very rare that I would say that it is the the, the right solution for the life type of life insurance people need. So going back to this idea of that you're you're insuring against this potential loss of income for the person that brings uh, income into the family. It could be mom and dad both work um, and both need life insurance. That's fine. We're just insuring against the loss of income that's associated with uh, some unfortunate passing. So we've got an understanding of that. Now, let's talk about this difference between term and whole life. Well, term insurance is pretty simple. Right when you buy it, you're defining the amount of time you need it for. So that could be five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. That's the term you're going to be insured for. You're going to pay a fixed payment. So that payment today is going to be the same payment on year 29. And you're going to get a fixed death benefit. The way you calculate that death benefit, you really have to sit down with your financial advisor and look at your particular situation, how much debt your family has, what your income is, um, what your health is, and kind of define what's the appropriate amount of coverage in regards to a death benefit. But then after you define that and you purchase the insurance, like I said, it's pretty simple. You have a fixed monthly payment. And in the whole spectrum of different type of insurance that they have, term insurance is going to be the most cost effective in this sense. You're going to pay the lowest premium typically to get the greatest death benefit. So we've got a pretty good understanding of term insurance. Like I said, it, it's the, the most vanilla type of life insurance amongst uh, the life insurance world. Now, when we step into whole, uh, whole life insurance, just like the title, it's not purchased for a term. It's purchased for your whole life. So you're committing to premiums for your whole life. As you pay these premiums, they're not just going towards insurance. They're going towards two parts. They're going towards insurance to buy that death benefit. And they're also going towards uh, a cash value, uh, a savings vehicle. So you end up creating this life insurance product that's a little bit of a hybrid, right? It's built for saving and it's built for insurance and buying a death benefit. What I said earlier was when you buy term insurance, it's going to be the most cost-effective way, meaning you can pay the lowest amount of premium to get the largest death benefit. That's definitely not going to be whole life. Since it has this savings component built into it, you are going to inevitably be paying higher premiums for a lower death benefit. And that becomes a problem because remember what we said earlier, the whole point of insurance is that we're trying to insure against a low-probability event that we hope never happens. And if it's a low probability event that we hope never happens, we really want to be the most cost efficient in how we purchase that type of insurance. So again, whole life, a little bit higher premiums, could be a lot of bit higher premiums depending on what type of death benefit you're going to get. Um, they're paid for your entire life. And also there is a savings component included in this. 
typically when a whole life policy is pitched, it's pitched with this idea that your your premiums aren't getting quote unquote thrown away, that you're building cash value. It's a savings vehicle. And a, a lot of folks will say there's this this tax benefit where you can kind of borrow against the policy and different things like that. And they talk about these bells and whistles, but really it's a distraction of what you're actually trying to do. Again, I don't want to be redundant, but you're trying to insure against this possible loss of income. Let's look at another thing there. You need income today if you're employed and you use those wages that you're getting from your employer to cover your living expenses. But the whole thing we're talking about when we're talking about accumulating wealth is that we're hoping that we would build a nest egg large enough one day to where that nest egg would create enough dividends and interest um, and income from your portfolio that you actually wouldn't need to work anymore. That's kind of our road to retirement, that we would save enough where our investment makes enough money that we really don't need to earn wages. So in reality, the reason term insurance is usually a really good fit is because we're only trying to insure for some some portion of a gap in our life. Let's say you are 20-something or 30-something and you plan to retire at 50 or 60-something. From that 20 to 30-something to the 50 to 60-something, you're going to need insurance, right? Because you don't have the sufficient amount of assets that are producing enough income to take care of your family. You do depend on your wages. So if you buy a term for 20 or 30 years, it's filling those gap years while you're building up your own savings, and eventually you're going to get to a place of what we'd call financial freedom, and your nest egg is sufficient enough to cover all of your expenses. At that point, there's nothing insure. You don't need insurance anymore. At that point, you're kind of quote-unquote self-insured. So as you can see, when you juxtapose term insurance against whole life, you can start to see why it's very rare why whole life would be the right solution for somebody because we're really trying to insure just for those gap years. Term covers that. We're really trying to get the greatest death benefit at the least cost because we really hope this event never happens, right? If, if we're buying insurance on my life um, to cover for my family, if uh, I was to pass away, guess what? I hope I don't pass away in my younger years when I would need this insurance. So again, we want to get a very cost-efficient solution in, in order to achieve that. So if you have whole life insurance or you're debating whether you get whole life insurance, I mean, I'd really encourage you to sit down with your financial advisor and kind of go through what your needs are, do a little bit of that analysis work, and then make sure you're getting the type of insurance that's the right fit for you. I wouldn't be having this conversation if I, with you on this blog or this podcast if, it's, if I didn't have this conversation like three or four times every week. So I, you need to nail down this idea that it is very, very important to make sure that you are insured, that your family's covered if anything's ever to happen to you. But not only that, that you get the appropriate insurance that fits your needs correctly. So in past articles, I have done this back of the napkin math to give you a concept, an idea of maybe how much insurance that you would need. But really, it should be tailored to you. So I, I don't want to get into this kind of one-size-fits-all or kind of how you should figure out your coverage. I do want to encourage you to sit down with a trusted advisor, a fiduciary, somebody who has your best interests in mind, and have them look at those factors. Like I said, hey, how much debt does your family have? What is your current income? When do you plan to retire? What's your current health? And from all of those pieces, you should look at, hey, Based on all these facts, what's the most important or most appropriate coverage for me? And the other thing I'll kind of end with, I know a lot of people 
when we talk about life insurance, sometimes the response is, hey, I have life insurance at work, so I really don't need to go seek out my own life insurance. It's usually not true. And, and let me express one problem that that presents is the life insurance through your employer. This isn't always true, but most of the time it's true. It's only going to last while you're employed at that company. And if you leave that company, go to a different company, that insurance is not portable, nor is it uh, usually convertible into something that you can purchase on your own. What problem does that present? Well, you do have to qualify for life insurance. So if your health is good today, but when you switch companies in the future, it's not good, then you may no longer qualify. The other thing is insurance, especially when you're buying term insurance, if you're doing 20 or 30 years, the the pricing of it is going to be more to your benefit at your younger years than it is in your latter years. So if you can get into a fixed premium at a younger age and keep that policy through all those gap years that you need it, it's going to be much better. And most people aren't going to work at the same company for 30 years. They might work for one company for five, six, seven years, and then be able to kind of hopscotch to another company because of better income or promotions or benefits, and then do the same thing or five or six years later for that. So it's important that your life insurance isn't um, linked to your employer in the sense where you have to factor that in when you're switching companies. So slow down and think about that. But again, biggest encouragement is sit down with your advisor, a fiduciary, a trusted person, and have this conversation to make sure that your family has that right risk management in place to take care of them if something was ever unforeseen to happen. And I know that's not the most exciting topic uh, to talk about, but like I said, it gets uh, it gets a lot of airtime in conversations with clients and uh, potential clients. So I will end you there. We're going to sign off. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Go ahead and rate the podcast. Leave comments. You can email me at tcommings at thebonsongroup.com if you have questions, and we will see you next week. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.